Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see all of you here this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. If you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew in front of you. If you'd like to take one and fill it out, just drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Um, we'd love to learn more about you. A few announcements I want to share this morning. Um, First, Dorcas will meet tomorrow from 9 to 1230. Um, snacks will be provided for you, but there will be no lunch. Um, so just be aware of that time change from 9 to 1230. Um, mission prayer will meet tomorrow evening. Um, the mission prayer group will have Debbie Perrier, Executive Director of Reach Out Crisis Pregnancy Center, for their meeting tomorrow night come and learn more about this associational ministry and that will be at seven o'clock um, money for deep impact kids is due uh, next sunday so if you would like uh, your student to go to deep impact kids that's for grades first through fifth um, please come see me and let me know that um, and we can get your kids signed up for that and then also just to go ahead and point out to you, I know it's still a little ways away, but um, we have our Easter schedule in the bulletin um, this week for you to go ahead and start preparing for. Uh, so the sunrise service will be at 645, breakfast at 715, Sunday school at 8 o'clock, and then worship at 915. Um, so everything is bumped up because of the sunrise service, um, and we just hope that you'll go ahead and put that on your calendar so that you can join us on that very special day for worship. Uh, a couple of prayer requests to share this morning as well. Uh, we want to be praying for the family of Jeanette Lewis. Um, her funeral will be here tomorrow. Uh, visitation will be from 2 to 3, and then the funeral will be at 3 o'clock. Um, so please just be remembering her family and your prayers during this time. And then we also want to mention that Robert McGeehee is in the hospital. Yes. Um, so please be praying for him as well. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? Heavenly Father, we just come to you now and we want to lift up this worship service to you, God. We want to turn it over to you and let you know that we're ready to feel your spirit and ready for you to move. God, I pray that you would give us listening ears so that we can hear your voice. And I pray that you would help us to worship you with gladness, God. God, I just want to lift up these prayer requests that we mentioned this morning, especially for the family of Jeanette Lewis. God, we just want to lift them up to you during this very sad time. God, we just pray for everyone that's on our prayer concern list as well. We know you know each need. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Also, as you're marking your calendar, I hope you've already marked April the 28th, which is the Sunday after Easter, and that is our High Attendance Sunday, a time when we're going to put an emphasis on Sunday school, its importance, a time to contact folks that maybe have not been in a while and to try to beef up folks coming to Bible study. And we have several folks that are going to be coming uh, once in a while to share between now and then their understanding and their reasoning for being a part of Sunday School. And this morning, I'd like to welcome Justin Covert to come and share a word about Sunday School. Morning. Morning. Man, this is intimidating. <laughs> All right, Sunday school. <clears throat> Most of you know I've been here pretty much all my life. I've been to several Sunday school classes along the way. So we're going to go over a few of those now, and I'll tell you how or what I think happens at each stage in the, in the Sunday school development. So starting out, you're in the nursery. Not a whole lot of teaching going on there, but there's more than you think. There's a lot of love, there's a lot of tension, a lot of rocking, a lot of feeding, a lot of wiping of faces, butts, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But there you'll find, you'll find the love that resembles God's love. It's unconditional, doesn't matter. If you're tired, if you're smelly, if you're whiny, if you're grumpy, whatever, it doesn't matter. You'll get the love there. All right, so once you've got a grip on raising your hand to say, i got to go to the bathroom, and you can pretty much handle it by yourself, and you know, you got that under control, we'll, we'll move you along. Let's move into uh, the two-year-olds, two-year-olds to kindergarten. And boy, I tell you, there's a lot of coloring, a lot of gluing, a lot of glitter, a lot of singing. There's a lot of, a lot of noise. We're right across the, the hall from them, so I, I hear them often. And I've got one in there, too, by the way. <laughs> So you'll come home with a lot of goodies. I'll put it that way. All right, you'll listen to very short Bible studies and verses, stories and verses, because let's face it, your attention span is probably not very long, but I don't know that that changes a whole lot. A lot of ours are, might not be that long either. But, but you'll get some, some, some good lessons, some good short you know, snippets of the Bible and stories that you can take with you that you'll that you'll use later on or you'll recall later on when somebody's giving a lesson and it'll just pop out. I know that story. I know that story. So. All right, moving along. First and second graders. So now you're learning to read. What better book to read than the one that can guide you through any life situation that you're in? So let's, let's take advantage of that. We're teaching them to read. Let's teach them to read the right book. So I also think this is probably where a lot of the kicking and screaming started, where... I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to Sunday school. God, it's too early. I go to school all week. Why do I got to go on Sunday? Well, it'll serve you well in the end, I promise. All right, so here we're building a foundation for our faith, and we're learning more about those Bible studies, Bible stories and lessons from before. And, oh, yeah, I've, I didn't mention there's a lot more of God's love there, too. You'll find it in the friendships that you build, the learning and growing together, your teachers, they're all, they're all here for you. They're all here to, to share what they have inside. So, all right, where are we at? Lost, I lost track. 
Fifth, okay, we're moving up. Um, middle school. Next, we're going to sixth, seventh, and eighth grades. Again, with the protesting. Do I have to get up? Do I have to go? Really? Come on, you'll thank me, you'll thank me later. So. Now we're going to build on some more of the foundation, strengthen our beliefs, which will more than likely be challenged on a daily basis by your peers, by your, you know, sometimes your curriculum even. There's, there's a lot of things that'll, that'll challenge your faith. So be in Sunday school. Learn a lot. Take it with you. Find those friends that have the similar beliefs and values that will help you through situations that you find yourself in. All right. I'm struggling, guys. Stay with me. All right, moving on into high school. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Don't fall away now because the struggles are real. There are some, some hard times in high school, a lot of temptation. There's a lot of things that will get in your way, a lot of stumbling blocks. So stay in Sunday school. You can, you can learn a lot. You're starting to... You're understanding, you're asking questions, you're find the right place to find your answers. You can find them here. You can find them in that Bible. You can find them, you find them if you look in the right place. All right, God's always with you. Wherever you go, whatever you need, whenever the time may be, it doesn't matter. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. So don't forget that. After graduating this class, we're moving up into college and career, and yet again, you've got more temptation to fall away. You've got more temptation to, I don't need to get up this morning. I got class. I got, you know, a project due or whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that'll get in your way, but you got to create that habit. You got to create that, that want to, to come to Sunday school to learn more about what, learn more about your life, learn more about about what He has planned for you. So take him with you always. All right, moving past that, we got home builders and facing life. And that's where I'm at, so I'm going to stop ranting and stumbling and all that good stuff. So uh, age no longer applies. There's, there's not really a, a set age group here. We're anywhere from 20s to 50s. So, you know, you find yourself in all different, all different areas of life, all different stages. But show up for Sunday school. You can learn a lot from your lesson, learn a lot that will help you through the week. You can't get it all in an hour. You can't get it all in 35 minutes of, of preaching. So sometimes it takes a little more. And every day doesn't hurt, I'll put it that way. But anyway, I didn't. there's a lot of classes I didn't touch on. There's a lot of classes that I hadn't been a part of. But these are all ones that I've experienced. These are all ones that I, you know, I've grown up learning about, going through, and being a part of so find your Sunday school class we got one here I guarantee it and it starts at 945 so be there thank you please turn in your hymnal to 547 I stand amazed in the presence let's stand as we sing
us pray. <clears throat> Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the blessings that you give us. But most of all, we thank you for the gift of eternal life through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Now, Father, please accept these offering and tithes. Bless them and use them so that this family of believers can continue to be a beacon of light in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn in your hymnals to 452. He is so precious to me.
good morning. Good morning. Oh, wow. There's so many of you down here. You're so quiet, though. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. That was better. Okay, so this morning, Pastor Gary is going to be talking in his sermon about um, some different things. And so I want to see what you guys know. What is someone who is a hesitator? What does that mean if someone hesitates? Kind of like you right now. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So they, they think before they do something, and sometimes all that thinking leads them to not do it, right? They just they kind of hang back a little bit. They're unsure. What about a spectator? What's a spectator? What do you think? My grandfather was a spectator this past weekend at the ACC tournament where his team won Duke. So he watched the game. He wasn't participating in the game. He can't play basketball, bless his heart. But he watched the game. So he's a spectator, okay? Now, what about this word? Have you heard this word before? Imitator. No. No. Anybody? Have you heard that word? Imitator? Imitator. No. Okay. So an imitator is someone who mimics what someone else does, right? You imitate what someone else is doing. So in the Bible, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So imitator, that's kind of a, you guys said you've not heard that word. So I wanted to help you remember how you can do that, okay? So Pastor Gary is going to be talking about how we have an opportunity this summer to be imitators of Christ, and we get to serve our community with the 410 Project. And he's going to be talking about that a little bit. But imitator, this is how I want you to remember it, okay? Imitator, I'm a tater, okay? I'm a tater, so this is a potato head. Have you ever had a potato head before? Yeah. Yeah, okay, this is a girl potato head, so we're going to see what we can put on her, okay? So, we can put on some feet on the potato head, the imitator, and we can use these feet to go and to serve, okay? What about, let's see, we've got a mouth. We can put on a mouth. Kind of, maybe. Okay. Um, we can put on the mouth because we can tell other people about Christ. Okay? We can do that. What about a hand here and another hand? We can serve others with our hands, right? This one has a purse. What could we do with a purse? What do you think? Yeah, we could put it on the hand, but what could we put in? What do you think? Oh, we could put money in the purse and then put that in the offering plate. Or we could collect things like we're going to be doing for the 410 project, and we could bring it to church. And then what about this? This is ears. What can we do with the ears? We can listen for God. Absolutely. And then last thing. Well, the nose is on there. 
eyeballs. What could we do with the eyeballs? We can look and we can try to see Christ in those that are all around us. So that's what I want you to remember. When you think of the word imitator, I want you to think of I'm a tater, like a potato head. And so all these things that we just put on this potato head, those are things that we can all put on and that we have and that we can use to serve God. Okay? Sound good? All right, let's say a prayer together. God, I thank you so much for these children. God, I thank you that we can be imitators of you. God, I pray that you would challenge us this summer with your 410 project and help us to be imitators of you so that we can serve our community. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just wanted to take a second and thank you all for your prayers. Um, if you don't know, I've been on a journey with trigeminal neuralgia. This is over a year, and I've had two surgeries, um, waiting for the last one to work. I'm still having pain every day despite the medication. And so um, this song really spoke to me. I heard this song for the first time after I had my first surgery, um, and I hope that it'll be meaningful to you.
Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 2 through 6. This is what the Almighty Lord says. How horrible it will be for the shepherds of Israel who have been taking care of only themselves. Shouldn't shepherds take care of the sheep? You eat the best parts of the sheep, dress in the wool, and butcher the finest sheep. Yet you don't take care of the sheep. You have not strengthened those that are weak, healed those that were sick, or bandaged those that were injured. You have not brought back those that strayed away or looked for those that were lost. You have ruled them harshly and violently. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. When they were scattered, they became food for every wild animal. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered throughout the whole earth. No one searched or looked for them. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, in our music today we have worshipped you. We have sung of heaven below our Redeemer to know. And when Gail and Regina played the showers of blessing and Gail made the piano sound like raindrops. I'm mindful of you falling fresh on us every day. And what a powerful message and testimony Luann shared. For Lord, we often want the healing more than the healer, the giving more than the giver. But you have challenged us to think different, that we might live different. So thank you for your spirit that's in this place. Thank you for the areas of our life that maybe today you're already challenging. You're saying, my lordship has not found its place in this area of your life. And Gary, today I want to be lord of all. Heavenly Father, may we be honest in our worship. May these next few moments, as we bring what you are doing and have been doing in this hour, as it comes to a climax, may we ask ourselves, are we hesitators, spectators, or are we honestly trying to be imitators by the good gifts and the very grace 
that you have bestowed upon us. Would you continue to speak? And may we listen even more intently. In Jesus' holy name we pray.
gonna tell you if y'all don't applaud after my preaching, I'm gonna be mad. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Wonderful. Keepers of the faith. I hear that. You wanna keep on keeping on? Keep on, okay. Keepers of the faith and instruments of praise. You ever saw yourself like that? Powerful, powerful. It's always good when the worship's been this good. It takes all the pressure off me. It's been a good day. Thank you, everyone, who has led it to this point. You have your Bibles open with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And in the midst of this passage is 1 Peter 4, 10. 4.10 Project. This is our verse. This is the verse upon which we have built the summer mission trip that takes place here at Flat Springs to the people of Lee County and the people of Deep River Road. I hope you were here last Sunday. I was not. I'm not really sure. I was not 100% sure I was even in the world last Sunday, being very, very sick. But I thank Taylor for uh, stepping up and uh, being gifted and prepared to be able to do that. It's a tremendous blessing to know that you can make a phone call and know that our worship will go on. Let me invite you to stand with me as we read this portion of God's Word I want you to listen. We're going to be talking about three points this morning, about time management, about love motivated and, and ministry minded. And you'll hear them in this text because they just fell out as I read. I began to read in 1 Peter 4 with verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. That's a sobering statement, folks. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, in that kind of crisis, Peter says, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keeping love, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And here's our text. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his most holy word. Pray with me again. Heavenly Father, would you challenge us as you already have, as we have been in your presence, 
that we might recognize you've created us and placed us in this world, in this community, at this time, for such a time as this. That we would be your hands and your feet, that we would be your mouthpiece and your eyes, that we would be your heart in this community. Strengthen us by the evidence of your word that we might be your people in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. What was your goal this morning when the alarm clock went off? Here's what I believe. I believe that you and I are goal setters. We set a goal and we seek to achieve it. For most of our students tomorrow, the goal will be when the alarm clock goes off to get up and cheerfully, did you hear that word? <laughs> cheerfully, don't listen to what Justin said. Didn't Justin do a good job? <laughs> to cheerfully get up and prepare for school. For others, it'll be to cheerfully get up and go to work. For others, it may be to stay at the home or, or go wherever life may take us tomorrow. But we'll have a goal, you and I. There'll be a, a challenge that we want to accomplish a task that we need to complete. And so now I'm back to that question. When the alarm clock went off today, what was your goal? It could have been, well, I'm going to go to church. That's a good thing. But I would suggest that's not a very high goal. Because I've said before, you can stand in a garage, but that doesn't make you a Ferrari. Amen. You can be in the church. You can be in the building. You can be in the presence of others who are worshiping the living God. And if your goal was to go to church, then maybe you're done. And your mind's already on to the next goal after church. Or maybe your goal was to get the family here. And, and, I, and I, I love the way Justin reminded us of how we offer opportunities for God's word in Sunday school to help us to grow. But here's my question. I cut to the chase. Was our goal today to come into this place and encounter the living, almighty, holy God of the universe and invite him to examine us and make whatever changes he needs to make. I would suggest that's a high goal. <laughs> that that's a different calling. That the alarm clock might have sounded different when it went off this morning if that were our goal. And it is my prayer, having done this for a lot of years, having done this for a lot of years in this very spot. I've been here so long, the floor creaks. I notice that when I turn back and forth. I don't know if you hear it or not. But my goal is not to preach a sermon. 
My goal is not to meet you at the door and say, that was nice, Pastor. You did a good job, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. My goal is to get out of the way and let God Almighty have his will and way in this next few minutes. That's my goal. And I usually hear more from me than I do. I don't know what you hear. But I pray you're listening. So in the midst of inviting God to do something within us that changes us, I want us to allow this text to be God's voice because he was right when he said the end is near. Yesterday at 12.20, my telephone rang. Mel Shaver was on the other end of the line. He told me there was a car turned upside down in the Davenport Pond. Two Sundays ago, Jeanette Lewis was sitting in this congregation. And the Sunday before that, she was sitting in this congregation. And my guess is, had that not happened yesterday, she'd be sitting here today. We read over, the end of all things is at hand. With a bulletproof mentality, and it won't happen to me or to my neighbor that maybe I need to share the, the love of Christ with. I've got plenty of time. I think that's Satan's greatest lie. I don't think Satan could tell you, go out and be immoral. Go out and, and break all the commandments. Go out and be a terrible person. Go out and be awful. We would simply say, get behind me, Satan, because we're good folks, you and I. We are. So the lie he tells, and unfortunately sometimes I listen, maybe you listen, is yes, you should do that. You should do those things. You should do all the things you, you talk about in Sunday school. You, you should. We want the church to be the greatest church it can be. And you should do all in your power to make it. Your home should be a holy place. And you should do all in your power to make it that way. And we say, yes, amen. And I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it another day. Time managers. Someone has said how silly it is to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic while it's sinking. And yet if we're not careful, that's exactly what we end up spending day after day, hour, when that alarm clock goes off. The goal is not to make a life change or to change someone's life, but it's to rearrange those silly chairs on the sinking ship. We've all had those moments and we realize time moved past us. And that's often met with regret of, I wish I had. The key is to learn from the past. What could I, what could you and I do today? Today. Hear me. Today. What could we do right now? What could we do when the invitation is offered in just a few moments? What decision could we make today? 
that could change forever. That's the call. That's the challenge. We must begin to think differently about God. You know, too often at this point, we simply go and give you the checklist. Break the wrong habits to, to confess your sin, to change your attitude. And, and all those are good. But, but I, I, I've discovered that we all try to do that in our own strength, you and I. We try to do that, don't we? We made New Year's resolutions, didn't we, to be better, a better me, a better you? And we're, hitting, we're sitting here now and God's speaking to us. We feel his presence in this room and we know he's got a word for us. And we want to do better, but how will we do it? Because here's what I'm convinced. What we think about God motivates what we do about God. I'm just going to let that hang in the air for a minute. Let me say it again. You ready? What we think about God motivates what we do about God. And, and so this may be a challenge of belief. What do we really believe? Can we be honest? Do we really believe he is the God of all and everything? Joshua 1.8, when he's talking about God's word, he says, let this book not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that it is written. For then you'll make your ways prosperous, and then you'll have good success. So let me ask us this question. So what happens if we say, well, that's great, that's wonderful. If I just meditated on God's word day and night, if I kept it in my mouth, if I kept it in my life, if I did what it taught me, then I'd be successful. I bet if I asked for everybody to say amen right now, if you're awake, you'd say Amen. And confounded, why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? And I'm talking to me as much as to you. Why don't we do it? Why don't we understand that God says, I've got a way. I can help you manage the busyness of your life. I can make you a different time manager if you'll focus on me. Because if we don't do this, the... We, we need to understand, and we're living, I think, in less of God's power because when we don't do this, we lessen God's power because if we don't know what God's up to, we don't know when he does it or when he passes by or when he gives us an opportunity. He says the end is near. Be time managers. And then he says in verse 8, above all, keeping, keep loving one another earnestly earnestly he, he, he uses that to, to modify how we love not just that we love each other I can look at you at the door and say oh I love you 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 that, that flows for me some people that doesn't flow out of but I, I have no problem telling anybody I, I'll tell the ugliest man here I love you I don't have any problem doing that it just flows from me but love earnestly uh-oh, what does that mean? To love earnestly. To be sincere. That kind of changes it, doesn't it? That means that it is honest and it is effort invoked to do so earnestly. 
when love motivates us, it changes things. I want to very quickly give you the fact that if we could understand today what motivates us, it might help us understand what we really think about God. If we know that, that it, it, what motivates you? What, what rings your bell? What floats your boat? You use whatever cliche you want. What gets you excited about, about getting up in the morning? You know, sometimes if, if it's like having to go to the tax office when the, when the alarm clock goes off, I'm not too thrilled. But if it's opening day of turkey season and that bad boy goes off at 4.30, I'm on the ground. We're ready to go because that floats my boat. I get excited about turkey hunting. What do you get excited about? What do you get excited about every day? What motivates us? Are you self-motivated? Boy, we're all about self. Self-motivation, self-help, self-talk. It's all about self. Let's self ourselves into the future. Are you self-motivated? Are you money motivated? Success motivated? Control motivated? What motivates you? I want to suggest that when we take verse 8 seriously and we allow love to motivate us, it changes everything. To be love motivated changes how I see church. Because you can see church through self-motivation, money motivation, success motivation, control motivation. You can see anything in life through those kinds of initiations into why we do what we do. But when love motivates us, when the love of God, when we have seen with our own eyes that Christ did die for us, I remember the moment, I remember the place when I understood for the first time as a 12-year-old boy that Jesus died. I had grown up with the, with the hymns and the lessons I'd been in. I, I like Justin, I had started off in the nursery and I had been all through church. But I remember the moment that God's love touched my heart and I said, I love you back. Do you remember that place? And when love motivates us, it changes us to that last place of being ministry motivated, ministry minded. I think this is the most important thing I'm going to say in the sermon. Are you ready? I want you to hear it. Poke somebody next to you if they need to be roused. This is important. I'm fixing to tell you what I think could be the life-changing point of this sermon. I am not playing. I'm telling you seriously. I want you to hear it, and it came to me in the midst of preparing this sermon, and probably I've read it, and I, I don't want to take credit for it, but it was just revealed to my spirit so powerfully, and I want to give it to you, and I want you to be ready for it. Are you ready? You can't be love-motivated and not ministry-minded. want to sit here a second I'm going to say it again church I had all those spectators and hesitators and all those taters 
But this is what changes us from being a spectator or a hesitator. You can't be love-motivated and not be ministry-minded. You remember the story where the guy was forgiven of the millions of dollars and he went out and a guy owed him 10 bucks and he threw him in jail? And that story makes me mad. I've told you that's the most hateful story in the Bible. I get angry every time I even think of that story. And that's what God's saying. When you are love motivated, you'll be ministry minded. When the love of God is permeating your life, you can't help but want to love other people. You can't help but want to reach out to other people. You can't help but want to share the love of Christ with other people. You can't help it. It's not optional. Now, there's a scary point here. There's a scary point here. There's a frightening point here. And I'm just going to say it plain. If you're not ministry-minded, you're not love-motivated, not love-motivated by the love of God. That's the negative way of saying it. I tried to say it positive a minute ago. But, old brothers and sisters, if we could think about that for a moment, that's a wonderful way to take a spiritual inventory of our walk with God. Are you ministry-minded? He says in the passage that is our focus for this coming summer's mission trip, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied graces. Use as you love each other earnestly, as you recognize the time is near, as you recognize it's not any time, all the time, that it's closing, that window of opportunity is closing. Be diligent. Love earnestly. Love, don't, don't, don't be hospitable because you have to. Do it because you want to. How do I get to where I want to? You let the love of Almighty God motivate you, not yourself. Each is gifted. I read this this week. It said, imagine if you carried a gift to see your neighbor, that you were renting them a house. And you brought them a gift and, and you bought one every week. And you went to great lengths to go pick out a very special gift. And you wrapped it up. You took great time to wrap it and put a bow on it. You put a note on, on the little card, you know, and said, I, I'm thinking of you and, and I hope this will help you and your family. And you went to the door and you, you knocked on your renter's door and they opened their door and they received your gift. And they said, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. I appreciate this. And you said, you have a nice day. And you walked out. And week after week, you did that. You, you went, every time you went to the store, you thought of that neighbor. And you bought them that gift. And you carried it every week, wrapped up beautifully. And then one day, they just left. And you went to the house, because it's your house. And you got to clean it up. And you went to the house. And you opened the back room, and there was every gift you had ever given them still wrapped in their paper that you wrapped it in, sitting in the back room. How would you feel? How does God feel when he has invested in us his gift? He has blessed us. To be a blessing. 
He has strengthened us to use our strength for His glory. And He gives us His blessings are new every day. Every day He knocks on our heart's door and He brings us more. He gives us another breath. He gives us another heartbeat. He gives us another day of consciousness. He gives us another day of life. It's a gift from God. And if we're not careful, we say, thank you, Lord. I'll stick it in the back room. And then I'll get on with my life. And I'll do it my way. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards, as good stewards, as good stewards of God's amazing grace and varied grace. This morning, can you work on somebody's car in Jesus' name? Can you mow a yard in Jesus' name? Can you do a construction project in Jesus' name? Can you make a phone call in Jesus' name? Can you give some money in Jesus' name? Can you fix some food in Jesus' name? If so, you're beginning to use the gifts that God has blessed you with and you're using them for His grace. And that's the call to be God's people in the midst of all this people. We were born to be on mission with God. We were born to do the 410 Project, you and I. When God's people are motivated by God's love, when we recognize the time is limited and short, we'll care for one another and the individual resources that God has provided for us. And it'll change our life. You with me? It'll change our home. You with me? It'll change our church. You with me? It'll change our community. You with me? It's God's plan. It's not Gary's plan. It's not the Baptist plan. It's God's plan. Did you hear it? The end is near. Above all, love one another earnestly. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's buried Grace, that's God's plan. You just read it. That's our call, to be his people. Why were you born? Why did the alarm clock go off this morning? What's your goal? It's to be on mission with God. What changes? I pray that right now, maybe somebody's thinking, I need to unwrap some gifts God has blessed me with. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, oh my, my, my. What are you up to in your congregation this morning? What are you saying to a dad or a mom? What are you saying to one of our young people? What are you saying to someone who said, well, I guess if I really classified myself, I've been more a spectator than anything else. Lord, what are you saying? 
And in this moment, what will we say to you? We're going to sing an invitation hymn that says, Trust and obey. For there's no other way. Oh, Heavenly Father, may each of us recognize you have blessed us to be on mission with you. What a privilege to go with you. What a privilege to do your work and to be your people. Would you strengthen us and challenge us and let us make sure we are love motivated. And Lord, then we don't even have to talk about being ministry minded because that will take care of itself. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you love us. Thank you for the gift of this day. And may we use it to your glory. In the holy name of Christ we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is page 447. This morning if God is speaking to your heart and you need to make that decision whether public or private, then this invitation is for you as we stand together. Thank you for your presence here today. And now it is time for the church that has gathered to be the church that is scattered as we go out to be the hands and feet of our Lord and Savior. So now as we leave this place, may we do so in his peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your grace that poured out from Calvary and met a 12-year-old boy on the second row at Second Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee and changed his world. And Lord, there are many here that have that same testimony, just a different location.
And so, Lord, we give you thanks. We confess, Lord, wherein we have failed and pray that you would strengthen us this week that we might love you more. And when we gather next Sunday, to have less to ask your forgiveness for. God, would you go with us and in us and through us and beside us and behind us and above us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Careful, you catch a lot of flies that way. Yeah, you're right. <laughs>